Today we are experiencing the Shabbat preceding the beginning of Rosh Hashanah. We have gone through the spring festivals back in the springtime. We celebrated Passover together, Pesach, which represents our deliverance out of Egypt and represents Messiah, who is the Passover Lamb, whose blood was spread on the doorposts of our houses so we can be delivered, so we can be set free and march in unity out of Egypt. Out of Egypt. Out of Egypt. We celebrated the Resurrection Day. That was Resurrection Day in the Torah long before Christianity came up with a concept of Easter when the high priests saw the grains come up and they took out the first fruits of the ground the Sunday following Passover and waved it. And that's the day that Yeshua was resurrected. Again on a biblical holiday in Torah. And we celebrated that together as a congregation. And then we celebrated Pentecost, i.e. Shavuot, when a shift happened. When in Passover, we see Yeshua himself fulfilling the festival by dying on that day at the exact moment that the Passover lambs are being slain in Israel at that very moment, very moment, he was on the cross fulfilling it. At the very moment that high priest, the high priest was waving the first fruits of the resurrected crops in the spring, at that day, at that time, he was resurrected. But then came Shavuot, and a shift came, because by the time Shavuot came, Pentecost, Yeshua, the man, went up to be with his father ten days prior. So we have this, this, this pattern of Yeshua, the man, fulfilling Passover. Yeshua, the man, the one, the Messiah, fulfilling first fruits. But by the time the culmination of the spring festivals occurred, which was Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks, 50 days after the Feast of Weeks, Pentecost, he left the scene already. And that was by design. Because on the mountain, at the giving of the Torah on Mount Sinai, God came down on the mountain and spoke to the people. And the people, instead of saying, it's the voice of the Lord, hallelujah, they went, shut him up, please, please. 
Because if we hear that, we're going to die. And they came up with a, a different system. On Shavuot, the day of the giving of the Torah on Mount Sinai, a different system was spoken out into the atmosphere when the children of Israel said, we don't want to hear his voice directly because it's going to kill us. We got an idea. Moses, you go to the mountain. You speak with God. And what you hear, you tell us. We'll listen to you. Because we're too broken to hear that. And you would think that God would be upset with that because why wouldn't the kids, the kids want to hear the voice of Dad? But God said, what they said down there is correct. And not only is it correct, it's prophetic. For I will raise up a prophet among you. You will listen to him. Because I put my words in his mouth. That was spoken on Pentecost. And Yeshua fulfills all of the Torah. Every bit of it. But when it came to the fulfillment of Shavuot, when the declaration was made, we want to hear you, Moses, not the voice of the Lord. And the Lord said, that was good, I will raise up a prophet. Yeshua is the prophet. But when it came to the fulfillment of that festival, Shavuot, Yeshua the man went up ten days prior. And on that day, the Spirit of the Lord on Pentecost, on that very Jewish holiday day, the Spirit of the Lord was poured out on you, on the believers. So the fulfillment of this holiday is Yeshua. But a shift happened on this culmination of the spring festivals when the fulfillment was not Yeshua, the man that we know and we see that looked like the hippie up there. It was Yeshua in you. Because on that day, He poured out His Spirit Himself into you. And that is the fulfillment. So you are the prophet spoken of in Torah when God said He will raise up a prophet like the children of Israel asked. That was fulfilled on Shavuot. And you are that prophet because the one true prophet, Messiah, lives in you. And that's where he went on Shavuot, inside of you. It's a mystery so great, the people of God could do nothing on that day but battle. Because no English, Aramaic, Hebrew, French, Spanish words did justice to what happened in that moment. When the King of Glory, via His Spirit, went into the people, fulfilling the prophecy given in Torah, on Shavuot, the culmination of the spring festivals, that He will live in you. Mm -hmm. 
Most of the church ends the spring festivals as they see it with the resurrection of Messiah. It's the death on Good Friday. It's the resurrection on Easter. Baruch Hashem. We're done. In Torah, there is a greater festival. And it's Shavuot. Pentecost. And I suppose Pentecost is celebrated in some churches? Yeah. It yeah. seems... I don't know. I didn't grow up in church. Tell me if I'm wrong. I get the impression it takes a little bit of a back seat yeah. to the... to the... to the... The finale of Yeshua's resurrection in Torah. Yeshua's resurrection on the day of first fruits is represented by one first fruit, one fruit, one stalk, one grain. On Shavuot, the culmination of the spring festivals, 50 days later, it's loaves of bread, which is the greater holiday. There is a greater thing. Thank you, Yeshua, for not only did you conquer the grave, not only did you go up to be with your Father at his right hand to intercede for us and to be our high priest, you poured out yourself in your ruach, your spirit, came into us so you can continue to manifest in this earth through us. How old was he? 33? Yeah. Not enough years for Yeshua to walk. He needs to walk this earth perpetually. He does that through you. It is not the end of Yeshua on this earth. It is the beginning of his body walking on this earth. That happened at Shavuot. You are the fulfillment. You are the prophet. And it's going to take 2,000 years of preparation of the people of God getting it. Because all of this is in preparation for what is coming this week. The day of trumpets. Now I don't know if it's this one that's going to be the trumpet blast in Revelation. I don't know if it's next year. I don't know if it's a hundred years. It's probably only because of his mercy that it hasn't happened already. There's this one scripture that always blows my mind. Because the children of Israel were in Egypt for 400 years. And they were crying, how long, how long, how long, O oh Lord, how long, O oh Lord, how long. Don't you see our affliction? Don't you see our wounds? And it says in one place that the sin of the Amorites did not yet run its full course. But when it runs its full course, the children of Israel will be set free. I have no idea what that means. All I know is that there is something that needs to run its course. And when it's done, it's done. And Adonai will go in and he will deliver in his time. A couple of years ago, the prophetic voices were shouting. I don't know if you heard about it back then. There was a comet coming our way called Elenin. Anybody remember the comet Elenin? 
from about four years ago? Oh, all the pathetic voices were in an uproar. This is it! If you remember, or if you don't remember, I'll tell you. You can go on to, you went on to the NASA website, and you could follow along this comet, wherever it was, way out in space. And when it was like an intersection between the sun, earth, and the comet, those were precisely on the days that there, was, there were earthquakes on the earth. I mean, you couldn't avoid it. I mean, the prophetic voices were speaking this. I'm like, is that really true? So you go onto the NASA website, and it had this little graphical thing, you know, you could kind of follow it along, and like right when it was in alignment with Earth and Sun, and there was this comet, there was the earthquake in Japan. Remember the earthquake in Japan? Then yeah. again, it went, through this, it went through its thing, and it got into alignment with the Sun and the Earth, and there was the earthquake in New Zealand. Christchurch, New Zealand. And we were like, oh, what's happening here? And all these, you go on to YouTube and all these prophetic voices, this is the end. This is the end. The prophetic voices did not recognize this one little thing called perihelion, which is when an object gets closest to the sun in space. And this common element which is going to destroy the world because, well, oh, that's right, this comet, the next time it was going to be in alignment was, it, it was, number one, it was going to be in alignment, number two, it was going to be the closest point to, to the Earth, like its closest flyby of the Earth, and number three, it landed right on Sukkot. So, the prophetic voices were going nuts! In comes perihelion, where it started to approach this place in space where it all of a sudden becomes visible to the sun. And it disintegrated into nothing. And it became dust. Oh no, don't believe it. I remember people saying, don't believe it, that's a lie from the government. I remember hearing that. Don't believe it, it's still coming. That's a lie wasn't a lie. The reality is that God puts his truth into nature. Okay? The sun is not God. Pagans worship the sun as God. But when he said, let there be light, and he puts this thing into existence, his design is always to bring heaven to earth. That was his design from the beginning. It's his design at the end. That's why he put his spirit into you to bring heaven to earth. So, when he created all these things, he was creating heavenly divine reality into nature. So while the sun obviously is not God, it's no coincidence that there's this ball of fire, immovable, that you can't even look at without going blind. It's just him putting himself into nature. You understand that? Nature is not God. We know that. That's a no-duh. But he puts his reality into nature. Into creation. So it's, it's not God. But it represents, it represents who he is. Ball of fire. Standard. The whole existence revolves around him. And once this comet came in and approached the sun, 
it dissolved into nothing. So as the, as the prophets were going, what happened? Don't believe it, it's a government conspiracy. I was like, I don't know, what is going on? And because it says in the Torah that the signs in the heavens are signs. They're put in the heaven for seasons and for signs. So what was the sign? See, sometimes prophets have a, make a mistake of seeing something and then defining what the end will be. So you could see a comet in heaven, and okay, that's a sign, but it's a sign of what? It's the end! It's this, it's that, right? So you, you, you see the sign, Baruch Hashem, that's a spiritual thing, but then you come out, then you put your own conclusion to it. But prophets don't put their own conclusion to it. The prophecy comes from the Lord. And at the end of this thing, because I'm, I'm the best prophet, because I don't, because all I do when I when I have my prophetic prophetic gift operating, I'm always looking backwards <laughs> to what already happened. <laughs> so you look at what happened, and this thing approached the sun and just disintegrated. And that's what happens with the destroyer. We see the destroyer coming. And we can think, oh my gosh, this thing is going to kill us. This thing is against us. This thing is fighting against me. This thing is overpowering me. But the lesson of Elenin was not that it was the end, even though it had its closest thing on Sukkot. The lesson is that his mercy endures forever. And in his timing, the destroyer will reach perihelion in our lives and get into proximity with the sun. And in a moment, it will disintegrate. In a moment. This comet had nothing on the goodness gracious great ball of fire. Yeah. Had nothing yeah. on it. It was doing its thing in darkness. And there was fear over the land. All that needed to happen was for it to come into perihelion. <laughs> and it was pulverized. Pulverized. Yeah. In a moment. Brian, I don't know what that word means. Pulverized? No, pulverized. Perihelion. Perihelion. Yeah, that? That's a NASA type word, a space word, when some point an object comes in proximity with the sun. Oh, okay. okay? So here's. Sorry. It's okay. Here's the sun. Here's the sun. Right? Here's the comet. All of a sudden, it comes to a place where it actually can, you know, get into the range of the sun. That's perihelion. That's the moment of perihelion. It's like in the path. Right when it becomes visible. Right? Like if you're the sun, Lou, and I don't see you, and I'm walking towards you, the moment I see you, even from a distance, that's perihelion. Okay? That's what happens to the destroyer. All it knows how to do is operate in darkness. All it knows how to do is fly around in coldness and in darkness and cause fear to come. And even false voices. And false conclusions. At the end of this thing, the sin of the Amorites will take its course. And Yeshua 
the Son of God, will expose himself to this thing. And it will not stand. It won't stand. Not only will it be pulverized, it will be pulverized into non-existence. That is the power of the one who, on Shavuot, put himself in you. That is the power of the one who put himself in you on Shavuot. Why would he do it? To save us and kill us? So we can go to heaven? Heaven comes to earth. Heaven comes to earth. And the culmination of the spring festivals was the Son of God coming into you so he can continue to do his work on this earth. Because people are walking in darkness. And when they see a great light, perihelion, that moment very well may be them coming in contact with the sun in you. And that is why he put his spirit himself into you on Shavuot at the end of the spring festivals it's to prepare us for what's coming this Wednesday night. The sound of the trumpet. One day it will be the trumpet of revelation. It may be this year. It may be next year. I don't know when it's going to be. But it will be. But it will be. But what happened back then at Shavuot was preparation for what is coming. He put himself into you on Shavuot so he can manifest on Rosh Hashanah. I'm going to repeat that. He put himself into you on Shavuot so he can manifest in you on Rosh Hashanah. And it's taken his people, his body, 2,000 years to rise up to this moment. But his body will rise up to his moment because it's his body. And he is the head of that body. Today is the last Shabbat before the trumpet. What would you do if you knew that this coming Rosh Hashanah was the Rosh Hashanah? was the trumpet that would begin the, revel the revelation trumpets, the tribulation. What would you do today on this last Shabbat before the trumpet if you knew it really was the beginning of those trumpets? Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Boy, you guys got better ideas than I do. I was going to tell husbands and wives to go get a room. Yeah. <laughs> now that I think about it, I think that is a good idea. What are you still doing here, married men? I'm serious. This could be the last Shabbat day of rest before the trumpet. 
last, when everything will change in a moment. Husbands, go out and splurge on some dinner. Go to the Hampton Inn on my exit eight there on Route Seven. It's like a hundred bucks a night. Splurge. What are you still doing here? Go for it. That's just the that's just the foreplay. Single people, go hang out. Get out of here. What are you still doing here? Go hang out with each other. Go to Chili's. Go have a beer together. Hang out. Don't just get out of here. We celebrated Shabbat and going back home. Hang out. Be one. Be one. And yes, worship, praise, on your knees, repent. This is the last Shabbat before the trumpet. How often in life do we get a warning that something major is going to happen? You know? Like if something happens, so many people, they have like a life-changing event in their lives. Man, if I knew that was coming, I would have done this. God gives us this by saying, that trumpet's going to happen on mm -hmm. Feast of Trumpets, Day of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah. What are you still doing here? Go and manifest what was put inside of you at the end of the spring festivals. Go and manifest what was put inside of you at the end of the spring festivals. I hear you. One second. Go and manifest what was put inside of you. At the, spring, at the end of the spring festivals. The day is coming when we will not be looking for a service on Shabbat. You are the service. And the broken, the lost, the lost sheep of the house of Israel will look to you. And it's going to be so much more and a service. How do I know this? In that day, I will make a new covenant with Israel and with Judah. In that day, no longer will we need to say to people, know the Lord. Hallelujah. No longer. Thank God I don't take a salary here in Mishkan. Because the job is temporary. Anyway, thank God I don't take a salary here, because it's a temporary thing anyway. The day is coming when we will not look for services on Shabbat. You are the service, because the King of Glory lives in you, and the broken will find him in you. Hallelujah! The lost will find him in you. They will have their perihelion moment. The lost will when they recognize him and see that great light who poured himself into you so he can continue to do his thing on this earth. Go and manifest what was put inside of you on Pentecost.